We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. Happy holidays to everybody. I'm Dottie Herman, uh, CEO of Douglas Selvin. I'm with Ace Bonus Hoop our financial expert and the president of uh, Citizens Bank, and Andrew Lieb, our legal legal, um, was a real estate firm that we all use. And we're going to have in two seconds, I just have to take a quick question. Somebody's been waiting. Somebody who I respect and um, is so successful. Uh, he's a real estate entrepreneur, Don Peoples. Uh, he's the CEO of a privately held national real estate investment and development company, the Peoples Corp. I, uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, I'm honored to have him on the show. He's like just down to earth, but a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of success. And so we're going to have him on in a second. I just want to take a quick question because when he's on, I don't want to interrupt. So, Joanne, quickly. Hi, Joanne. Happy holidays. Thank you. You have a question for us? Can we yes, help thank you, you for with? taking my call. Sure. I listen to your show every Saturday. Oh, thanks, Joanne. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, so I have a question. I have a rental unit. I've been renting it out for over 20 years, but I just finished a major renovation. I'm getting ready to lease it again. I never feel confident about the leasing part. I just get a standard lease. We agree on the number. I fill it in, you know. Right. Um and then when it comes time for an escalation in the rent, I, I'm anxious about how to handle it. I was wondering if you had any advice about the leasing process. Well, I mean, you know, I don't. I think that I mean, if you use a regular form, how long have you been renting the property? Over 20 years, but oh, I, so, you I know, mean, don't if you, feel so if you, like if I'm you haven't had too many it. problems, I don't want to tell you to ruin a good thing. I mean, because it's really the tenant. I think with escalation clauses and things of that nature. Just my opinion, you know, I, I'd rather have a good tenant, okay? And it depends how long the lease is, you know, if it's a short-term lease or a lot of, you know, I don't know how long you make the leases. Um, it might be a good idea to run it by an attorney, but mm-hmm. then again, if you've been doing it for 20 years, see, you know, there's really no way of knowing exactly, you know, who the tenant is. And what you really just want to be careful about is if they... Don't pay the rent. What the penalty is? Of course. And uh, again, I'm, do you think I, an attorney needs to look at it, or is the standard? Lease yes. Good. Yes. No. Attorney does need to look at it one hundred percent. There's a new law okay. from June of this year called the Housing Stability and Tenant Protection Act, and in that law, it created a lot of restrictions that old leases allowed that you're no longer allowed to do. Like the maximum you're allowed to take, for example, as a deposit, is one month. It's one month. The maximum. 
yeah, the maximum late payment is $50. The You need to give them five days as a grace period now. There's so many rules in a 74-page page um, law that you need to go and you got to revamp your stuff. Any landlord out there that has a lease from before June now needs to get a new lease in this new era because the whole market has changed and the way we're doing things. Just to give you an idea, Joanne, yesterday a brand new law came out. It's kind of interesting. You know how a lot of tenants will say, how much are your utilities? This mm -hmm. brand new law, which you may not know about, came out yesterday. This new law says a tenant has a right to go to the utility companies and get access to your last two years of utility bills so mm -hmm. they can find it out themselves. There's a new right. law that says that you have wow. to give inspections and you need to say, here's an inspection. Joanne, you probably heard of simultaneous occupancy before. Like when you sign the lease that they move in, can't do it anymore. You have to give them an opportunity for an inspection I in between lease signing and occupancy. So in all, you need to see an attorney because there's so many changes that happened. 2019 was the age okay. of lease changing. Okay, Andrew, you know, Joanne, you should... Call Andrew, he's in Long Island, and I would suggest then, again, because they have changed the rent laws, and I guess they apply to even two families, right? I mean, even... They apply to one family, two family, yeah. four family. you got to play right, because I'm going to tell you what, Joanne, the tenants know the law's changed now, because it's been a big thing, it's all over the papers, and they'll use it against you. And Dottie said something smart before, and I want to loop back. She said the reason why we have leases is for when they don't pay. Well, tenants well, that know your lease is no good... When tenants know your lease is no right. good, they all don't right. pay at all. all. Right. But let's not pay, paint. I don't want to paint a okay. horrible picture about Thank tenants. Thank you. Thank you very I don't much. Want to, I, I don't. Andrew. Andrew, I didn't say it was horrible, Dottie. I said no, it's I, the I lease is to enforce your right, rights. Andrew, calm down, please. I think. Okay. I don't want to hype anybody. I think it's always wise to take a look. But I also think that for most people, you go to. It's only when they do something wrong that you're really gonna go to a lease because truthfully, if you're living in a house with somebody, and that's an important part too, okay? If you, you know, these are not big apartment houses. These are like single family or double. So I would let Andrew look at it, but I also think most important that you feel that you are gonna get along with a person, that you feel at least they're gonna be living in a house that you live in. So, um, but Andrew, give her your number, please. You could just give me a call offline. It's 646-216-8009. And again, I just want to emphasize, I'm not looking for any problems. What I'm telling you is the purpose of the lease is when there is problems, there not is for when everything gets along. Right. That's right. why you write the lease. Right. right. I think I've just been lucky, so I always worry that I'll get one of those tenants that's a problem. Well, it's never a problem till it's a problem. Exactly. Thank right. you so much. Okay, so thank Pleasure. you and Joanne. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Um, now we've been waiting so long, and I did want to keep talking because I'm so, so excited to talk to him and hear him. As I said, real estate entrepreneur Don Peoples, the CEO of privately held national real estate company, and uh, Don plans to start a a five hundred million dollar investment fund for minority and women property developers in markets including New York, Los Angeles, and South Florida. Oh my God, that's tremendous. Don announced his company's new fund at the Real Estate Media Company's annual residential real estate event in June in West Hollywood. In West Hollywood, excuse me. And the new fund is another example of how Don has been a longtime game changer in his industry. 
He started his firm in 1983, uh, the People's Corporation, and he's been an industry leader with a portfolio of active and completed developments exceeding 10 million square feet and 8 billion in cities like New York, Boston, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Charlotte, Miami, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. Don? Hi, Don. Good morning. How are you? How are you? I'm good. Happy holidays. So glad to have you on. Thank you so much. Uh, You know, happy to be on with you. Yeah, someone I respect, and I, oh God, I was so young. We were starting out, and I look up to this man and what he's done, and what he's what he has done, and what he continues to do. Uh, Tell us about the fund, okay? Tell us about this fund that you know. I mean. I, actually, Don, I'd really rather you just tell them about what you've done, and then I'll ask you some questions. Because I just want to give them a background that your your whole career has been so extensive. So why don't you, I know you don't like to boast, you're just, a, you know, but just tell us, tell our listening audience about how you started, what you did, and what you're doing now. Great. Well, I'm happy to do that. You know, so I I think that what, I've done as an entrepreneur is just indicative of the great country that we live in. It's full of opportunities. Um, and if you work hard, you get some luck and you prepare yourself, there's no limitation to what you can accomplish. And that goes across the board. And today in today's environment, I think with, with a growing wealth disparity, I think people believe or feel that it's not possible anymore. And frankly, I think it is. I mean, I got taught, um, the business by my mother. Um, my mother got into real estate um, as, after being a secretary and having me at 19 years old. Um, by the time I was eight years old, she had gotten into real estate as a sales agent and then opened up her own brokerage company and, uh, and then you know had a successful career in real estate. Um, one that I think would have been more successful had she been in a different time in our country and also um, you know, it's had she been in an, in an environment where women get a level playing field. And so, but as a result of that, I saw that you had to work really hard. Um, you had to keep applying yourself every day. And if you did that, you could do some significant things. And so I got into it. So I was going to, but I was going to be a doctor. I did not like the real estate business. I wanted to be a doctor. Really? Um, I had an uncle who was a mentor to me. And so I went to college, went away to Rutgers University. And after my first year, I changed my mind. I wanted to be a business person. I quit college and started working in the real estate business in 1979. By 1983, at 23, I started my um, own real estate appraisal and consulting firm. Wow. And, in, and, and then at 26, at ni- in 1986, um, I started um, working on my first real development project where I started building a large office building in Washington, D.C. for the government. And from that point on, um, grew my business and, uh, you know, with some luck and opportunity, playing the markets well you know we expanded i expanded into um, south florida uh and then uh california las vegas and then ultimately the the ultimate place to do business new york city and so throughout my career um we've developed you know millions of square feet and uh several billion dollars of projects and currently um our development pipeline in terms of projects that we have in various stages is somewhere around four and a half billion dollars or so. We have projects in Boston in the Back wow. Bay, wow. finishing up a project in Tribeca, 
Philadelphia, D.C., Charlotte, um, and downtown Los Angeles, where we're working on building the tallest building in the western United States. Wait a um, second. So an and that's in journey. downtown L.A.? Yes. And that's going to be the, your work on building the tallest in the United States? Tallest in the western United States. Um, you know, remember, we got their first oh, breaks there. Right, so right, this will right. be a thousand-foot-tall tower, um, which is a very tall tower. Um, so in the western United States, west of the Mississippi River, this would be the tallest building there. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. New York City is always a fight on who's going to be the tallest, and somebody outdoes each other, but that's just amazing. So, um, you, and you're working, and, and, and you know, is it, I, I want to say because your mom was ahead of her times, and obviously with women, you know, com, you, know, I, I, you know, with women's kind of movement coming out, and I'm not a we movement, but I grew up in a different time, and, you know, I made it as a woman, but I think it was much more difficult, and cer- certainly in your mom's time, it, but she must have had a strong influence on you and gave you that great work ethic. And, it's, you know, it's funny yeah. that you said that. I was talking to somebody who kind of was, you know, a driver that I was driving me someplace. And he said, you know, I've just, he didn't say he gave up, but I could just tell his voice. He's like, you can't get ahead. There's no way you can get ahead. And, like, the guy really doesn't work hard, okay? I mean, he's, I go, like, would you work, like, maybe five hours a day? If you wanted to hustle, you could drive another Uber or you could do this. He just, but he was kind of like, well, Everything is unfair, and I'm going to tell my my children not to listen to the system. It's, so I, I, you know, I don't find many people. I, I don't find many people that. But I think that you're a perfect example of somebody who really take from the bootstraps up, and 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 I think that people, you know, I I always admire you for that, and I I, I look at people today because I did it from nothing, and I say, well, you know. You got to be willing to get in the game and you know fall a lot of times and get back up and work really hard. So what do you suggest? You wrote a lot of books, Don, and I suggest to our audience if you ever you should buy some of Don's books. They're amazing. But you've talked about that in even the books you've wrote. Uh-uh. Yeah, I mean, look, what you just described, uh, Dottie, is really the perspective that I got lucky and got the benefit of. If we look back in our country, nobody. Nobody inherited any money because we were a new country and a new world. So everyone here who came here um, worked hard to get ahead, and they had to create it themselves. And so if you look at today's wealth, by and large, it's created by people somewhere down the line who had to work hard, and there's new wealth created and new opportunities created every day. But it isn't going to be easy. And I think, there's a, I think people expect it to be easier a mentor of mine told me a long time ago, I mean, maybe 40 years ago, about hard work. He said, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die to get there. And that, the That's analogy good. there was that, I mean, if you want to be do well, you've got to work hard. So I saw in my mother, as a woman, the barriers that she had to confront mm-hmm. and the presumption of that men got of competence, where the women's presumption was they had to prove themselves time and time again. Mm-hmm. And so she, I saw her have to work much harder. I saw minorities have to work much harder. So I grew up with a mindset that I was going to have to outwork everyone. And so I tend to work around the clock. And I actually, I made, and I embraced it and I enjoy what I'm doing. And I think that's a big part of being successful is enjoying what you're doing. But you've got to be willing to work hard. 
And someone asked me um, in one of an interview years ago, why was I successful? And I told them, I think getting started, I worked as though my life depended on it. So I worked that hard. Imagine the, you know, the mindset of saying that, you know, your life is at stake here if you don't really work this hard and are successful. So I've always been a big believer that you can work your way through pretty much anything. See, I believe that also. And I believe that people will will look at somebody who's successful and say, well, you know, their uncle or they did this or they were lucky, okay, when they don't really look at what it really takes. And they look at somebody when they're already successful, and they don't look at really what they went through and what they had to do to get there. So I I couldn't Exactly. Yeah, exactly, Dottie. I agree with you there. Um, I think also that people look, I mean, too often people look at the end result as an outsider and you look at one of the results of success, which is the accoutrements of wealth and success. What makes people successful, by and large, is they love what they do. And so they are a big part of what they do and they live it every day, every hour. And based, and that's how people are really good at what they do because they work harder. And one of the reasons I'm starting this fund, I mean, I'm well, doing. Well, tell it us to about the trans- fund. Tell us about the fund. Yeah, tell us that you're starting well, I mean, the fund. I hear all the time that how the real estate industry does not have diversity. Women and minorities it are doesn't. few and far between around the country. I could and you. so I decided that, I mean, I think it's necessary. I mean, if, if I, I can either sit around and have a conversation and complain about the same thing or do something about it. And so I've decided to do something about it. And I know that the biggest challenge in real estate is access to capital. It's a capital-intensive business. <laughs> and minorities and women, especially when – and first-time, second-time um, entrepreneurs who are in the development business – have a hard time attracting equity capital. And so I decided to raise a fund to provide that capital. And then I know also from experience uh, for, for decades is that if you're going to invest with someone, you want to invest with someone who's qualified and you want to invest with someone who has a skill set in the business, but you want to invest in one of their early deals because you invest in somebody's first or second deal they are going to work hard. They're going to live it day and night. And they realize that if they make a mistake and they blow it, then they're going to lose their opportunity. And especially if that's a minority or a woman, they know that the opportunities are so few and far to come by. So therefore, as a result, they're going to work harder and the returns are generally going to be much better. So as a business model, it's an outstanding business model. I mean, I want to do well. I want us to be successful in our business. But, you know, we're, you know, we've got, you know, eight, ten deals going at one time. If we have a setback in one, it's going to be frustrating and annoying, but it's not going to break us financially. So in the end of the day, it doesn't have the same importance as the first deal we did. The first deal I did meant everything to me. So anyway, so we're going to, so so from basically, an economic perspective. You're looking for, uh, again, because I, 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 yeah, you'll just have to wait for the break. I, I, I know that I'm in a group of women who really try to work and help with opportunities. But you're saying you're looking for somebody in their early stages also, right? Yes. Well, I mean, just hold time, on, John. I, I, don't all, you know, hold on. Let them do the break and then you could tell us that because we're so privileged. Um, and I think this is so great what John's doing with this fund for women and minorities. And uh, it is so true. 
most joint venture capital goes to men, okay? And especially in real estate. So we'll be right back. He's going to tell you more about that and more about just things that I just think this is just so lucky to have him on the show and hear his wisdom and his philosophy. He's brilliant. We'll be right back after a quick, quick break. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. Balance of nature. Changing the world one life at a time. For the past decade, I've been dealing with very painful brown spots on my forehead, and I could never just take a wash rag across my forehead. I didn't dare because it would have been just horribly painful. And last week, in my haste, I scrubbed the whole thing, and there was no pain there. And so I quickly went to the mirror, and I realized the painful brown spots that I've been dealing with For the past decade, they're gone. I could barely speak. I could barely do anything. I was frozen in this elated state of mind because I've been battling this for a decade. And it wasn't until the following day I looked at my hands and I looked at my arms. And there's very few brown spots on my hands and arms. You know, as a retired RN, you know, I know the importance of nutrition. I always have. I mean, if you just feed people good food like this, it's actually healing you from the cellular level out. I'm living proof of that because there's only one thing that changed in my life, and that was taking balance in nature. And I will forever be grateful. I'll never stop taking it. I'll never be without my balance in nature, ever. Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. Call or go online now and become a preferred customer, which gives you our best pricing and free shipping. And we will take an additional 25% off of your first order. Plus, get a set of convenient travel bottles containing a free additional week's supply of balance of nature's fruits and veggies. This will be a limited time offer, so don't wait. Call 800 800- 2468751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code the answer It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO Dottie Herman. Hi, we're back. You're listening to I on real estate and we've been 
so privileged and lucky to speak to Don Peebles, who is the real estate entrepreneur and CEO of privately held national real estate investment and development company. Uh, and we're talking about the fund that he uh, plans to, that starts at, with a $500 million investment for minority and women property develops in, market, in markets, including New York, Los Angeles, and South Florida. You know, Dan, I was on one, John, one, I was on one panel uh, some, for something, and it was just women, and there was this girl that was on, I can't remember her name, it'll come to me, and she was a developer in, in New York City, and I never met any women, really. I mean, I might have met one or two. Uh, and, you know, I guess her father was in the business and something like that. But there's really not. So you look for for women who are starting out in, in, in real estate development. I mean, how do you find them or how do they find you? Well, I mean, beca- I mean because the challenge of raising capital is so difficult right. and I'm out here in the, you know, in the mix around the country and, um, and, you know, in the media and I give a lot of speeches around the country, people seek me out and seek our company out for access to capital. And now that we've announced that we're raising this fund, which we're halfway through that process, um, they are, you know, reaching out to us, um, asking, asking us to help them find capital or, or how to capitalize their project. And by the way, it's not just, I mean, if you look at, Give you an idea. There's $69 trillion in assets under management globally for private equity and hedge funds and venture capital. Less than 1.3% of that money is managed by women or people of color globally. 1.3% out of $69 trillion. In this country, women receive less than 2% of venture capital dollars and that i mean so you can look at those disparities from for 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 women and for minorities but also if you are not born to wealth or affluence then uh, your access to capital regardless of race or gender is very constricted and limited so it's hard for anyone to be a first time second time third time developer or real estate investor yeah, as I said, I'm a member of this. I'm a member of it's not the Navro, and it's really all women, and uh, that's what they tell us that that's so little. It was, I thought it was a little higher than that, but that's really low, and that they don't give venture capital to women. So, so women seek you out, so they really can't start a business if they don't have access to capital. And exactly, Dottie, and think about this: most real estate, the biggest. Um, source of equity and capital going into real estate are public pension systems. So that means the New York City government workers, the New York State government mm-hmm. workers, California teachers, California public employee system, L.A. County, all these pension funds. And those pension funds are reflective of they're the money of the working men and women in those governments. So New York City, its workforce is 69 percent people of color and almost 55% female and yet its mm. system pension system invests less than 5% of its money into firms run by minorities or women so minorities and women don't even get access fair access to their own money 
And then on top of it all, when they look at the high cost of housing, the high uh, incidence of gentrification, that's funded by pension system money as well. So their own money is being used against them to drive up their cost of housing, to drive off, drive up their neighborhood's pricing. And yet alone, when they have a dream or an idea to start a business, they can't even get access to their own money. And these workers are contributing their money to these pension systems who are not giving their children, grandchildren, friends, relatives, and peers access to opportunity to, to make transformational um, steps to reinvest in, re- in their own communities. I mean, it's astonishing no, what's you going know, John, on and the people aren't aware. Let me tell you what's more astonishing. As a woman, I've lived through that. And, of course, you know, I don't complain and I just – but I, I don't see most men even really think about it. Okay, I mean, you know, I, I, I think now there's more awareness because of the we movement. So but that's more about people saying, oh, I shouldn't be say this. I shouldn't do that. But truthfully, as far as those numbers go, I have been aware of that because I'm in an organization I, that that where um, that is what we do. And I just don't think you're very like, how can I put it? I'm trying to think of the word I want to say about you because besides of being brilliant, most men, I hate to say it's not a knock on men. I don't even think they would think that way or even kind of even really. So I think, you know, that you're really attuned because I, I just don't see men thinking like that. I don't think it's, a, you know, I don't think they think not to do it. I just don't think they even think about it. Well, I think people, Dottie, are busy with their own lives, trying to get ahead. People are struggling. And also society conditioned my generation, the generation before me, is with women not really having a valid place in the business world. I happen to see a close-up with my mother and see the unfairness there, but also as the father of a daughter. I want my daughter to be able to fulfill her dreams and their goals. And as a human being, I'm a big believer in a fair system. So... I tell people or tell my male colleagues, anybody, if we, they all, everybody wants fairness. Men want to be treated fairly right. amongst men and in our society. So that means that if you want fair treatment, then we have to say that applies to everybody. And if you don't want to fight for fairness for everybody, don't expect it for yourself. I love that. I love that. I love that. Now, John, you um, also are reopening – the Bath Club in Miami Beach, uh, yes. nearly 20 years after first purchasing the Miami Beach property. Yeah, I bought the Bath Club, which is interesting. It's, an, it's the oldest private club in Florida. Yes, it is. It is um, by far the oldest private club in Miami Beach. It's the it's an oceanfront private club back in the founded in the 1920s. Herbert Hoover, President Hoover, was a founding member. And it was one of those clubs, by the way, for decades and decades was restricted, which I didn't know what it meant, that word meant, and, until I came down here to Florida. And uh, what it meant is no, no African-Americans and no Jewish members. And so as the country changed and as Miami changed, that club fell on hard times. Um, I ended up uh, joining the club because we had a place in Miami when we came down to Miami um, and got an apartment. We were on the bay side, so my m- wife and young son wanted to go to the beach, so we joined it. And then a couple of years later, I bought it, redeveloped it into a luxury condo development with six oceanfront villas, restored the club, 
and uh, but the club, when I bought it, the club members got to continue to operate um, their club um, on my then property that I then owned. And of course, it was an interesting club, but they, you know, was it was kind of you know one of those clubs that it lost its kind of life and excitement. So now we are lost spending a considerable amount of money and redoing it and reopening right. it. Oh, wow. That's terrific. I mean, that's really. So let me ask you, you know, what do you what do you see? What you know, you're so you're involved in it. Like I was just doing in the beginning of the show, some of different predictions for 2020 that were from various different economists and different Zillow and sources. My own read. What do you see? What are you seeing for real estate uh, in the market right now or the near future? Um, You know, and what do you see for Miami? Market in general. Well, I see one of the trends I see happening is there will be a continued um, uh, flow or expansion into markets um, throughout the Sun Belt that are tax and business friendly. Florida, yes, um, I see Texas, Arizona, Nevada. I mean, states that have no zero personal income tax or low personal income tax, good quality of life. You're going to see continued flight there. Well, you know, I think Don, New York City. Number one exodus is from New York uh, to, and this number two is from actually California, where it's very yeah, highly both, taxed and very not favorable. Yeah, both. Yeah, both very highly taxed, and I think New York has a New York and California are experiencing something else. New York, both places had. A great quality of lives. Um, so New York City had a wonderful quality of life, diverse, exciting, clean, safe, etc. That right. quality of life changing has dimi- since Mike Bloomberg's left. It's diminished so rapidly. Oh, that well, say so I have to ask you. To you know what? I've lived there a long time, and it has changed a lot. And you hinted around. I, yeah, I don't know if you were serious when you did, but I said please because. We talk about it all the time, and I don't talk about politics on this show at all, but I will talk about one thing, and that is the current mayor. This this country, this city has gone so far, and I just see it all falling. And we need somebody great to come in now, and you had hinted that you might do that. but I had, and one of the reasons I did is because, and I, I hinted that I would, and I gave it strong consideration of running in 2017 because I saw the quality of life diminishing in New York City, and I saw this disparity of opportunity and the wealth and income disparity growing. And so I wanted to do something about it. I chose not to for personal reasons with my, my son and getting ready to start in our business and my daughter, not you know, as a teenager, and I wanted to be around before she left the house. And Dan, so what Dan, I'm doing now, Don, do you mind staying on? I mean, I've had you on long, but I just love to listen to you. We just have to take a quick commercial break. I'd love you to finish talking about that story because then we have you have to help us get one. Um, so just stay on the line and thank you, Don, for giving us all this time. I really appreciate it. We are just, just, I can't even put words. We'll be right back. <laughs>
This is Greg Floyd, the president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg speaks with personal injury attorney Corey M. Stern about the effects of lead poisoning on children living in New York housing. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd, Saturday night at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. It's Joe Piscopo, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. Get deep discounts on MyPillow's mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, Mike is offering a first-time buy one, get one free offer today on Giza sheets, plus free shipping. And this is huge. We know MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty, but MyPillow has just announced that they are extending their 60-day money-back guarantee. That's right. Orders placed between now and December 25th will have their 60-day money-back guarantee extended through March 1st, 2020. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets plus free shipping. Enter promo code AM970. Call 800-651-0798 for these great specials. MyPillow.com, promo code AM970. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just $19.95. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Know where you can find all your favorite Skechers shoes in one place? Skechers.com. Because at Skechers.com, we have miles and miles of styles of the most comfortable shoes on the planet. We have boys and girls shoes that sparkle and light up. Skechers.com has work shoes, slip-ons, sports shoes, casual shoes, canvas shoes, go walk, go run. The styles are endless. And on Skechers.com, you can find all the fits you need. Plus, so many shoes with Skechers exclusive air-cooled memory foam. So find all the styles, all the fits, and all the comfort. Only at Skechers.com. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we're back with uh, Don Peoples, and we're so lucky to have him. And we just talked about Mayor because we think that we really need uh, somebody who understands business and, like, Bloomberg, who really cleaned up the city and, and really took it to another level. And we went through a recession when he was mayor. And I remember him saying, listen, we're in a recession, but you always have to invest in your future. Well, who do you think we could get? Do you, do you know anybody, Don? Cause I, I don't. I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, mayor of, of, the, of America's largest city, one of the greatest cities in the world, ought to be able to attract some, some leadership. But I think that the environment now, 
and politics is becoming so toxic, it a is. lot of people don't want to run. Mike Bloomberg in New York City. Remember now, New York was, he became mayor right after 9-11. So not only did he um, become mayor after um, a, you know, a terrorist attack, um, that uh, the biggest one in our nation's history, and that he had to rebuild, help lead the effort to rebuild downtown, but then got hit with a recession as well right. and uh, continued to invest. And as a result, New York City had one of the best quality of life. It did. It um, did. Any urban city in the world. And, uh, and so, I mean, I think that that leadership is very important. I mean, in an environment of opportunity, people come to New York City because they want to pursue their dreams and the opportunities are there. And so, and there's so many different opportunities. And so, I mean, I think we need to get back to an environment where we don't attack wealth, that we don't attack success, but, and we don't want to pull people from the top down, but we want to push people who are at the bottom, the middle, up. That's how we close wealth and income inequity and disparity by pulling and helping people get up and go well, you know, higher. I had this and conversation I, with somebody, which I started a fight. I didn't mean to fight physically. I just got cry. She said, well, you know, that's a rich for the rich. I said, listen, you don't want people, okay, to be stuck where they, the government pays for everything and they have no chance of ever getting ahead and the cycle goes on and on and on. Exactly what you were saying. You want to get people up. And, uh, you know, when I grew up, my father was a world, you know, a veteran from World War II. It was kind of the American dream, you know. It was kind of you believe that. And that's what I believe, that if you work hard and, you know, if you work hard and, you know, you do the right thing and you really work, you could, you, your father could be anything. And hopefully we can get that back. And I hope that I can be of some help in uniting people again because I think that what's happened with politics has really divided people. But then I always say on the show, look, we're lucky that we can be in a country that you're allowed to have a difference of opinion. However, you know, so we should respect people's difference of opinion but not to hate them for it. So I think that that's really good. Now, do you live in Manhattan still a little bit? Yes, I mean, I just left New York City to head down to Florida for the holidays. Um, but yes, I'm in New York City a considerable amount of time, and and love New York City. I mean, but I but and I see great opportunity on the real estate side in New York City because uh, I think that uh, you know the market's changed on us, and I think that there's opportunity, hopefully, for the entrepreneur. But the key for all of that is access, fair access to, to capital. capital. Yeah. That's what we've got to all really focus our energy on because then. People, there'll be other women, other people who start off where their parents are police officers, firefighters, or the like, and they want to pull themselves up, and they can. And then we, and so, but we've got to create a better environment to do that. Oh, I listen. If I could ever do anything for helping, I, I, I certainly admire you. So you see, do you see the real estate market now? You know, you hear about New York, and of course they say, oh, and it's really not on the entry level. You know, some of the higher end is not down it's just kind of flat um you know or there you know it's 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 been a little bit slower at that end but i think it's an election year and people are kind of just taken back and then you hear about miami beach and they say well it's oversupply they build too much well i kind of think it's the best time to buy now in these markets so what do you think i agree with you i mean I think look um you know i mean i know your i know your audience the listeners understand 
the trailblazing accomplishments that you've done by building, you know, Doug Prudential and then Douglas Elliman mm. and building it into a, a superpower in the real estate industry um, and creating great jobs and opportunity. And I think that if you look at New York City, I think New York City's got a little bit, it's got a, a, a more of a drop to experience on the high end, but there's a tremendous demand for, you know, workforce housing, um, um, affordable housing, and mid-market housing, and kind of upworking affluent housing um, in Manhattan. And so if anyone can get into any one of those spaces and make an investment, I mean, it's a good time to do it. I mean, New York is not, I mean, it's a, again, it's the financial capital of the world. Um, it's one of the top places for entertainment. It's number two in terms of technology um, as a tech center for entrepreneurs and for the tech industry. So great place to invest in, and the timing can be good to invest in New York City and its surrounding areas now. I agree with you. Yeah, and we just have to get we just to get some benefits to, like credits to do that because you know the land is so expensive even around us. I mean, I was just uh, I talked in the beginning of the show and I said you know Brooklyn is kind of at the same number almost as Manhattan, and so now you know Queens and the Bronx are kind of the next really big upcoming areas. So. But so to build affordable housing, which we need. And, you know, even when I was out in the Hamptons, nobody could get help because they couldn't afford to live there. So I. No, the entire, so the entire how do you build that? And how do you do that? How do you build and how do you do that when the land prices are so big? I mean, that's got to be someone who understands business and gives developers incentives or when the. So I, I don't even know how you acquire the land at the prices. So, you know. I think that the the, uh, the the mindset needs to be that the government is not going to be able to force people to do affordable housing. It's not going to force developers into, you know, um, doing um, rent-stabilized housing and affordable housing. What the government's going to need to do is to incentivize with land um, density bonuses. So to reduce the cost of land, they're going to have to allow more to be built on the land and stop these artificial uh, restrictions on supply. But let the, let the land hold greater capacity if the developer is willing to build affordable housing and, and workforce housing. I mean, everybody's focusing on affordable housing. I mean, workforce housing is where the biggest strain is, and there's very little money being invested by the government or incentives being provided to developers to build workforce housing. That's where the strain is. The productive members of our society oh. who are working to keep Don, New York going, you, they don't have a place to live. You speak my language. I just say to everyone, listen, this country is getting to a point where it's almost cheaper. Like, I look at families, and I think sometimes people lose sight of that. Families of four, okay, with city workers. And my dad was a city worker, okay? And I see... But they really get nothing, and then the, the people really that have no jobs that don't work have more benefits. So I, um, and and the guy that's trying to get ahead, okay, and that's got two or three kids and trying to get them, those people need housing, and they've been priced and out. So I, I hope, uh, I know you can't force anyone because then it's, but I think, but if we could, uh, you know, I guess if you could. You're saying change the zoning. So if you if you allow somebody to build more units on a property or something of that sort, then they can 
get a better yield, correct? Or is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. It will reduce the cost of land by on a per unit basis by allowing more to be built on it. And I think that's, I mean, nothing else has worked. So the reality is there needs to be some other effort. And that means it's just a private sector-driven society and economy. And so, therefore, we have to incentivize the private sector to do more. And there's so much attention being paid on, uh, to, on people who are not working. Who I mean, we spend billions of dollars, for example, on the homeless in New York City. And we've got 80,000 homeless people yeah, roaming around that, the city. So it isn't working either. It's not we working. Spend, it's I mean, growing. So, it's, it's growing and growing. It's just a big problem. And it's growing. And there's yes. No- and we need to spend our money to help those people who are working in our system to keep the city and keep the state going every day. And they're struggling to make ends meet. That's unfair. And they're spending a disproportionate amount of their income on housing. So that's unfair. And that's what we need to start spending our energy on doing. And hopefully an economy that rises will will provide jobs for anybody who actually wants to work. And But we can't be spending all of our energy on people who are not productive at the expense of people who are. And I think we've got to have a much yeah. better balance here about how we're going to help people who are helping our community get better. I wish you could. I really, I, I mean, I know, but I'm just saying, God, we need more people to think like you. And I have to ask you, because we're, we're coming to the close of the show, if I would ask you, if we decide for have a happy holiday and wish your family the best holiday for me, if I could ask you, when you're in New York, or even for that matter, and you have a moment after the holidays, and I would love to see you and just pick your brain. I think you're brilliant. I, I love your philosophy. And I hopefully, in my own way, I could try to make a little difference. And in, in I've been lucky and successful, and I've worked hard, and I really want to see that happen for more people. So I just uh, would love that. And uh, well, I, it would be, I would, I would, I would as well, Dottie. And you have uh, knocked down barriers and provided career and economic opportunities for thousands of people who wouldn't have had it if it weren't for the company that you built. Oh, thank you. John, would you wish your family a happy holiday for me? We're ending. And, 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 all of, and, to, and all of our listeners and all the DE people, the real estate agents, and everybody uh, that we know, have a safe, happy, healthy holiday. And um, we'll be back. Yeah. Okay, we'll be back. We'll be next year. Might be, right, Tony? Yeah. And Don? Thank you so much again. We're back signing off. Happy holidays, and we'll be back next year. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.